I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. What's up, my friends? How's it going? It's good to be back here with you and whispering sweet nothings into your ears again. (laughs) So today is my sixth day of fasting. I'm not Muslim, but I'm observing Ramadan this year. So I'm fasting all day until sundown. And it's hard. (laughs) The first few days, uh, there would be these stretches of time throughout the day where there would be just this constant barrage of thoughts going through my brain. And it was like, you gotta eat, you gotta eat, you gotta eat, you gotta eat. And it felt urgent and necessary. But I would just slow down and breathe into it and get kind of curious and fascinated. Like, what exactly does my brain think is going to happen if I don't eat right now, probably that I'm slowly going to die of starvation, right? (laughs) The ridiculousness has a way of exposing the truth that the worst part of not eating now is the discomfort. It's an emotion and no feeling is final or fatal, but they definitely can feel that way, right? (laughs) No, just me. (laughs) And so If you're wondering why I'm observing this period of fasting, it's so I can build the skill of how to feel better. And I want to share some concepts and techniques that will support you in doing the same. There's this story of a guy who is really stuck in his emotions and he goes to see a therapist and the therapist says to him, you know, I think if you went to a meditation retreat, you would really come back feeling better. So the guy goes and does this thing. And then when he comes back, he goes straight to the therapist, kind of barges in and says, I thought you said this would make me feel better. All I realized during the retreat is how absolutely shitty I feel. Ah, yes, says the therapist. See, you're feeling better. (laughs) And I share this story because just like thin doesn't automatically equal healthy, emotional health and feeling better is not the same as being happy all the time. Feeling better means experiencing and processing both positive and negative emotion better. Being able to feel our feelings is the most important thing in the world because our emotions are the reason we do or don't do everything. Everything is based on how we feel or how we think something will make us feel. It determines everything else in our life. Okay, so... Are you ready to get all up in your feelings with me? (laughs) I know a lot of us are experiencing a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety right now. And that has a lot of you going to food to feel better. I had a good laugh with one of my clients the other day because she's all bunkered down with her family and they filled their pantry with foods that they wouldn't normally eat. I dubbed it the pandemic pantry. (laughs) So basically, she's been going in there and eating her way through the crisis. And it feels safe and comforting and justified to do this, right? You wander over to the kitchen or the fridge and you stand there with the door of the fridge open, the glare of the refrigerator in your face, 
hoping that there's something in there that will solve something or answer all your existential questions. (laughs) But just like the time before that, when you went and checked earlier, maybe 15 minutes ago, (laughs) there's nothing in there that will actually help. Eating won't lessen your workload. It won't end the pandemic. It won't get people back their jobs or their health. The only problem eating solves is physical hunger. Overeating doesn't make the stress go away. It just gives it another flavor of guilt and shame and regret. So if there has ever been a time in which to recognize that food never solves a crisis, it's now. There has never been a more important time to prioritize your physical and mental health. Evolutionarily, your brain is very focused on keeping you alive, if you have not already recognized this. (laughs) So, of course, when you're hyper-focused on a potential threat, all of those primal urges, like the urge to eat, are going to be primed. Your brain has not malfunctioned if it's doing this. Some of us experience this a lot in daily life, pandemic or no pandemic. Our brain is looking for something that might go wrong or something that might be wrong with us. And it's important to recognize that that's its job. Your brain is going to tell you all the things. and It's going to freak you out a little or a lot. (laughs) If you don't learn how to manage it and take control of it, because this is what the brain has evolved to do. When the brain, specifically the fear center in the brain called the amygdala, has one of its many meltdowns, it's going to seem like what needs to be controlled is either the world out there or your behavior, because it's going to seem like that's what's creating the way that you feel. What someone said, or how they behaved, or what you ate or didn't eat, it's going to seem like these things are the source of your misery. The brain is never going to offer that It needs to be controlled and managed. (laughs) What's so interesting about how we attribute our emotions to something outside of ourselves is that we end up externalizing them. We talk about them as if they're something outside of us. You might notice how we say things like, we all have good days and bad days. But the good day or the bad day isn't made by the day. They don't just happen to us. They're made by what we focus on and tell ourselves about the day. We're so focused on what we're focused on that we forget that we're the ones directing our focus with our minds. So we go about our days hoping that today will be one of those good days. We don't think we have any say over what kind of day or what kind of emotions we have. We have to learn to remind ourselves that that is completely within our control. Because it's not something that we're taught, right? We're taught that our emotions kind of just happen to us and that we can't really do anything about them. We just feel what we feel. We're taught that if we just had these Baywatch bodies, nicer cars and the perfect partner and this or that latest product, then life would be so much better and life would be good, real good. That's what so many of us have bought into. And that's a really big issue with a lot of my weight loss clients because they've been taught to try to resolve or process their feelings with something external, either with food or with their body image. 
a lot of my clients when they first start working with me are sold on this idea that thinness is the secret to happiness. And here's the thing, and I'm not going to be telling you anything earth shattering here. Deep down, we all know it, but we kind of cover over our ears and go, la, 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 la. <laughs> there are people who have all of those things, health, rocking bods, more money than they know what to do with, and they're still struggling to feel happy. They're not happy. You can lose the weight and still be miserable. That's what I mean when I tell my clients that you can lose the weight but still not have solved your problem. What I really mean and what I want to teach you to allow you to understand is that the only reason why any of us ever want anything is because of how we believe we will feel in the having of it. There is nothing that you can't experience now. All of those efforts we try to do to create a sense of control and calm down and feel more sane is all because of how we feel and how we want to feel. And so we have to learn how to feel our feelings and generate our feelings for ourselves so that it makes it more likely for us to attain the things that we want or that are important to us while experiencing and practicing feeling the state that we're after throughout the entire process. So feeling our feelings and creating our feelings, those are skills. So when I'm talking about a feeling, what I'm talking about is a sensation or vibration in your body. Your brain releases certain hormones and neurochemicals, and that creates an experience of what's going on in your head, in your body. Often when we're asked how we feel about a situation or how we feel about ourselves, what we tend to offer up isn't in fact a feeling, but a thought. So we might say something like, I feel like I could give up, or I feel like I'm losing my mind. Those are not feelings. Those are not vibrations in the body. Those are thoughts. Emotions can be expressed in one word, like happy, sad, mad, glad. You get it. One word. Some of us can easily name our emotions while others have spent the better part of their lives denying and escaping and doing whatever they can to not feel their feelings and not be in their bodies. But your feelings happen in your body. And that's the way that you know that you're having the experience of an emotion, even if you can't name it. Emotions actually only last about 90 seconds. I learned that from Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, and it kind of blew my mind, right? Because there are emotions who, that people report feeling for several years. But what happens is that there's a feedback loop between our circuitry of emotions and physiology. And we start to interpret what we're experiencing in our bodies as evidence for what we're thinking. So the emotion continues to surge through us and intensifies even after the 90 seconds is over. And so even if it doesn't feel like a choice, after the 90 seconds is over and it's been triggered, it's all being magnified by how we're interpreting it through the lens of our thoughts, which we do have power and control over. When we resist our emotions because we don't want to feel sad, we don't want to feel stressed, 
We try to talk ourselves out of them or distract ourselves from them or numb them. We eat or we drink or we shop, right? But what we resist persists. When we fight against the way that we feel, it actually makes the emotion stronger. It just reverberates through the body over and over and through the mind. When we let ourselves feel, we become stronger. If you allow yourself to feel the emotion, when you teach yourself to be with an emotion long enough to understand it, you'll actually realize that they flow through pretty quickly and that they can't hurt you when you allow them. Only you can hurt you by thinking horrible feeling thoughts. And I think one of the reasons we do that to ourselves is that we think our negative emotion shouldn't be there. But all the negative emotion we experience is just like a smoke detector going off. It's simply a signal to pay attention. Although that's not what most people do. Instead of feeling the emotion, most of you are so alarmed by the emotion that you immediately go into the reaction. You emote it, meaning you act it out. So the alarm goes off while you're in the shower and you go running out of the house, arms flailing, ass naked, maybe clinging onto a towel, maybe. (laughs) Or the negative emotion shuts you down so completely that you immediately drop down to the floor, stop, drop and roll, fetal position and start yelling at the top of your lungs for it to stop or for someone to make it stop. But really, it's all just a signal to pay attention. Our emotions are signals to pay attention. And when you pay attention, when you're feeling negative emotion, instead of making that automatically mean fire, that something has gone terribly wrong, that's already going to feel so much better, right? If you're willing to experience the discomfort of the emotion, then you can identify what triggered the alarm and neutralize the threat, either by recognizing that it was a false alarm or taking the appropriate action from a place of calm instead of panic. Taking responsibility over your emotions, especially the negative ones, creates responsibility. It creates a capacity to respond. It's the freaking out on top of the negative emotion that ends up making it so much worse. It's being in a hurry to get away from the negative emotion that makes it all worse. So the first step is always just to pay attention. What's the sensation of this in my body right now? Can I name it? Can I be with this? Can I be willing to feel this in my body right now? Now, what triggered the alarm will always be a thought. It might appear as something outside of you, but it's always the thought that you're having. The next step is just to investigate. What am I believing that's making me feel what I'm feeling? A thought will go through your brain and then your body responds. It will begin to mobilize so that you can take action based on the emotion your thought generates in you. Knowing that your thoughts create your emotions has the power to change your life. We think that we're just experiencing the world. We think that the world has gone a little mad right now or that our lives are going sideways, but we are only ever feeling our thinking. When you become aware of your thinking, then you can take ownership of it and have authority over it so you can change it. Not when things go back to normal and things get better. Right now, 
now, now. (laughs) Nothing external has to change for you to be able to feel better. Just your thoughts. But that doesn't work if you don't allow your emotions and process them through so that you can understand them. Awareness and acceptance is always the first step. I find it hugely relieving to be able to say to myself that whatever I'm feeling is because of a sentence in my mind. Kind of trivializes it. (laughs) But it also makes it possible for me to go in and have a look at it. To really recognize that it's the story I'm telling myself with the sentences running through my brain that's generating all my emotion. Our emotions are generally much more detectable than our thoughts. We don't often think about our thinking because we'd be extremely inefficient if we had to psychoanalyze every single thought to pass through our heads, right? (laughs) But our emotions give us access to our thinking. When we recognize our emotions as signals, it's helpful because we can get curious if we want to. And we can begin to understand that all emotions, both positive and negative, are driven by positive intention. They are trying to do something for us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be feeling them. Now, this doesn't mean that all our emotions are necessarily serving us. And that's what we want to be able to go in and question and manage. But it allows us to not make ourselves wrong or to make it mean something has gone wrong when we experience negative emotion. There are many situations, like a real fire, or the loss of a loved one, or a diagnosis, when it's absolutely healthy and appropriate to feel some negative emotion. When we can step into a negative emotion with compassion, we can give ourselves permission to feel what we feel. And it's one of the healthiest ways to move through an emotion and to move through our lives. The goal isn't to be happy all the time. And notice how unhappy it makes us when we believe that it should be. It's what I call the happiness trap. And I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to this in the future. But essentially what I'm getting at is that feeling better isn't just about feeling these fluffy rainbow and daisy butterfly positive emotions. Mm -mm. (laughs) It's about enlarging our capacity and willingness to experience both the positive and the negative. So there's a technique that I want to teach you that will help you navigate whatever you're going through and the difficult emotion that it might be bringing up for you. It's called RAIN, which is actually an acronym for the four steps of the process. It stands for recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. So recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. It's a way of deconditioning our habitual pattern responses to our emotions. As I walk you through the steps, you might explore them with an emotion that's been coming up for you so that you're able to have the direct experience of how this tool works. The first step is to recognize what is happening. Sometimes you won't be able to recognize the emotion right away, but you might start becoming aware of the sensations, the squeezing, the pressure, any throbbing or tensing or tightness arising in the body. You're just getting present to it in your emotion. The question that initiates this first step is simply to ask yourself, what is happening inside me right now? You're turning inward with curiosity and interest, 
which bypasses our natural tendency to judge and criticize ourselves. You're describing the sensation to yourself as if you were describing it to me or to another person so they could recreate the emotion in their body. And maybe if you're able to do so, you're naming it. This is sadness. We're just repeating sad, sad. Whatever emotion is arising in you, just recognizing that. Another way of naming it can be to say to yourself, this is the part where I feel sad. That phrase for me also allows me to acknowledge that the emotion is embedded in a mental narrative, that it is flowing from a compelling storyline in my mind that is helping me make sense of what's happening. Once you start to describe the emotion and you describe the sensation of it in your body, then what you notice is that you are not it. You are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. You are not the sensations in your body. You are the force behind all of them. The witness and watcher. This is important because a lot of people are afraid that if they take the next step of allowing the emotion, then the emotion will completely overwhelm them and it will be too much. By describing it, by describing what is happening, you're able to separate yourself out as the compassionate observer. You're experiencing the emotion, but at the same time, you're also describing the experience of the emotion to yourself. So there's some perspective on it, some space between you and the emotion. The second step is to allow what is happening to be as it is. You do this by asking yourself, can I be with this? Or can I be with this for right now? Breathing into whatever arises. So right now for me, as I'm fasting during the day, I'm asking myself, okay, (laughs) am I willing to feel empty in the stomach and a little light in the head and kind of heavy in the gut? while I'm experiencing a surge of desire to eat something and saying yes to the waves of deprivation and frustration and doubt. (laughs) I'm like a surfer saying, come at me, bro, (laughs) to the waves. I'm just paddling out and feeling it out. And sometimes the answer to the question, can I be with this, is no. And the compassionate thing is to back off a little. When you're saying no, you're not really saying no, you're just saying not yet. And that's okay. When you feel ready to explore again, you can touch back in again with the question. And gradually, you're enlarging your willingness and your capacity to say yes and to let life be as it is. You're increasing your capacity to recognize that it's saying no that hurts. Can a surfer be a surfer without the waves? (laughs) No, right? It's your capacity to feel that lets you live a human life. And it's your skillful capability to feel them that allows you to lead a fortunate human life. It actually takes more energy to resist the emotions, to resist the discomfort of what's calling you, than to go willingly into the waves and learn to surf.
It takes more energy and vital life force to suffer that we suffer instead of accepting that sometimes we suffer and that that is both normal and natural. Byron Katie says, when I argue with reality, I lose, but only 100% of the time. Reality is what it is. We might want to change it or make it look different, but right now, this is what's real for you. When you stop fighting how you feel and you stop fighting yourself, when you take all of the fight out of the equation, the emotion becomes workable. It can flow. So you might be telling yourself, I shouldn't feel anxious right now. But gently, you're bringing acceptance to the fact that right now you do. It's a powerful recognition. Find language that works for you as this first gesture of allowing. You might say to yourself, yes, or this too, or I consent. So you're recognizing and allowing and saying yes. Now, what can happen is that you're willing to say yes, but then you immediately wonder how you can fix or change or get rid of the negative emotion. So the next step in the process of RAIN is an important one. It's to begin to investigate with kindness so that you direct more focused attention to your present experience. You might ask the question again, the first question. What is happening inside me right now? Deepening your attention and relaxing with the breath and whatever surfaces. You might go back and forth between those two questions a few times. What's happening inside me right now? And can I be with this? Asking, noticing, then resting, and then asking again. Other questions you might explore with and ask yourself are, what am I believing? What most wants my attention? What does this feeling want from me? You're not seeking to solve anything, so if you notice yourself get all heady, drop back down into the experience in your body. Coming back to the body, the sensation, noticing what's happening inside you, just describing that. You're allowing yourself to become conscious of what it's like to live in your body when you believe what you believe and when you feel what you feel. The attention itself begins to open you, to shift the experience. Notice that. How there's a relaxation around the sensation in the body as the concentration deepens as the concentration itself becomes more relaxed and open. It can be helpful to locate where the emotion feels most raw or vulnerable, paying special attention to the throat, the chest, the belly, areas where we tend to hold a lot of emotions. See if you can become aware of the very center of the emotion, the place where it originates. You might ask yourself, What does this place most need? This question has the capacity to awaken your awareness to some unmet need. This, this is what 
the emotion is signaling you to pay attention to. Emotions are like people. They just need to feel seen, heard, and acknowledged (laughs) in order to be felt. You don't need to try to let go of your emotions. You just need to meet them with understanding. Then they will let go of you. The last step that really brings this process alive is to nurture yourself. That's where that visual of rain really seeps in, where we're recognizing that we're loosening the soil and then we're allowing something to come through. What I mean by this is you let yourself express a natural care towards yourself and just to rest in the feeling of that for something else to come through in that moment. Care and compassion. You'll notice that as you deepen your presence in the first three steps, which are more active and involved, that it will be your reflex to care. You don't need to ask yourself any more questions or do anything. You're just resting in presence. Sometimes I'll touch the place that feels most vulnerable on my heart. And that friendly gesture just allows everything to kind of settle and release. I'm letting myself know that I'm there and that it's okay. That I care about my own suffering. And it's caring enough about our own suffering that motivates us to do something about it. To alleviate it. So when I'm contacting the suffering, either through my mind or directly reaching out and touching it, touching the place in my body where I feel it the most, I'm sensing that I can lean into myself as my own support, that I have my own back. It's that last step that really explains why feeling our feelings is so strong of us. It gets us back into relationship with ourselves. When you're scared of how you'll treat yourself in your own mind when you don't meet your expectations in any given situation, you're going to lead a very scared life. Your emotions drive all of your action and inaction in the world. Anything you are doing right now that you wish you weren't doing or any habit you wish you were doing but find yourself unable to do even if you know better is because of how you feel. If there is nothing that you are unwilling to feel because you trust that you'll have your own back no matter how bad you feel, then there's nothing you won't be able to do, be, or create in your life. Feeling your feelings isn't weak. It's badass. I'll be releasing a rain practice in the meditation toolkit on the podcast, so I want you to use that as a resource. I've given you a lot of detailed instructions, but... Knowledge is only potential power. You have to apply it and practice it to build the skill. So I want you to think of the meditations and exercises in the toolkit as bringing your brain to the gym. You're training and conditioning your mental and emotional health. And right now, physical, mental, and emotional health has never been more important. Apparently, there are more people Googling the word wellness than COVID-19. So I think that as a collective, we are experiencing a profound shift in human consciousness. And there is nothing more healing to the collective than the realization of our potential 
as individuals. Right now, a lot of us are very fixated on our physical health. We're seeing people be very hypervigilant about staying healthy and not getting this virus. We're monitoring our bodies and being very watchful of any physical symptoms or fluctuations in our bodies, things that we probably wouldn't have been paying attention to only a matter of weeks and months ago. For many of us, we're also not able to access the gyms and move our bodies in the ways that we're accustomed to. And many of us are eating more than we wish we were. So that's bringing lots of thoughts and judgments up around the body. But your body isn't there for you to worry about and obsess over. It's there for you to make that contribution you want to make to the world. Being freaked out about your physical health is actually really bad for your mental health. And the whole reason we want to be living in healthy bodies is so that we also have a happy body. I know that some people will say that weight loss is a shallow goal and that there are more important things going on in the world and in life right now. But I want to offer that the exact opposite is true, at least in the way that I teach it. And let me tell you why. The weight is never the problem. And weight loss is the byproduct of what happens when we transcend the weight and address the real problems that are leading to the weight gain. The only reason you wouldn't want to focus on weight loss right now is because when you feel stressed, scarce, scared, you won't be able to eat. And that's how you've taught yourself to deal with hard things. But now you know that the worst part of any difficult situation is the emotion. And you know exactly how to feel better so you can do hard things. You are so much more capable than you give yourself credit for. When you learn how to manage your mind, the hardest part, and exactly what I teach in my coaching program, Think Yourself Slim, the weight loss becomes easy. My guess is that you've tried to manage your food and you've tried to manage your exercise regimen and either it was hard to do those things consistently or you were doing those things and it was still a struggle. It's time to focus on the mind, where the struggle is created. You can wait for life to get better, or you can start making it better right now, so that you give yourself a better life right now and on the other side of what's happening right now. This is your opportunity to learn how to feel better, so that you can live in a body that feels as good as it looks. So here's what I want you to do. If you're ready to take up the challenge, I want you to book a one-on-one consultation with me so you know exactly what you can start to do to start losing weight today. I want you to go on www.mindbody.academy. That's right. It's a dot academy and click book now. It's absolutely free and you'll get off the call with a clear understanding of what's not working and what will. Learning about these tools and concepts is one thing. Learning how to apply these tools and concepts to your own brain and your own life is how you'll take it all to the next level. So I can't wait to share this work with you. Stay amazing. I'll talk to you again very soon. Hey you. Yes, you. Are you ready to overcome your struggle with weight once and for all? I want to invite you to join my program, Think Yourself Slim, where you'll learn that losing weight won't solve your problem. Your problem 
is what's causing the weight gain. I'll help you train your brain to solve the cause, the hardest part, so you can lose the weight the way you plan on living it. Just head over to www.mindbody.academy slash start now and let's start a transformation today.